0: I am your host, Cole Dawson, and with me, as always, my hashtag team partner, Ron Gilborn. Ronald, how the heck are you today, bud? Oh, happy Father's Day, Cole. Yes, sir. It was a, a wonderful day. I had a great time with the uh, children and, and the family and whatnot. Uh, they got up super late and then uh, burned my breakfast, and it was just wonderful. Just lovely.
1: Well, happy Juneteenth. Okay. Oh. Well, <laughs> my wife just had a birthday. Uh, she, she did? Yeah, she leveled up a year. Uh, we, we went to dinner three times for her, because that's what you do when women have birthdays. Uh, Correct. And uh, Friday, got to see Cheech Marin uh, having dinner right behind us. That was uh, a thing. Uh, looks very old in person. I was, I was let down.
0: Well, he is very old at this point. I mean, his movies were a big hit what 40 years ago oh there were lots of big hits in his movies
1: moving on uh the next day <laughs> the next day i got to surprise her with blink 182 tickets which is a band that i never thought i would enjoy seeing live but i did but it was mostly the smile on her face if i could if i could be honest if i could be mushy for a second so that was cute and then of course her actual birthday fell on father's day so my portion of the day did not matter whatsoever because she actually uh, ed- exited the womb on the day of Father's Day so I took a back seat to the attention uh, uh scenario of the day uh, but it was a great day fun times, family all around now let's talk about
0: wrestling Uh CM Punk returned cut a really just great kind of tweener promo because he's just brilliant and understands that he's not going to be an unquestioned babyface anymore based on what has happened and the rumors floating around that you know, and and the one sided reporting that has basically cast him as the only bad guy involved in this, even though the EVPs were the ones that stormed in his locker room and started shit. He's still the bad guy somehow for a fight that broke out. Um, but nonetheless, it was a great promo. Nice little subtle shot at the at the young bucks and uh, the the rest of the elite. Um, he didn't bury anyone directly. He was smart about it. Um, I think obviously I think the young bucks got a kick out of it because they tweeted immediately that if this was 2018, they'd have a counterfeit buck shirt immediately already on uh, pro wrestling tees and probably make, you know, a half a million dollars, which is nice. But uh, yeah, the show as a whole, um, I don't know about you, but watching collision, I felt like we finally got the show that they've been promising us since the beginning they, they finally gave us the sports-based presentation. Uh, there wasn't anything silly on the show. There wasn't anything out of place. Um, there were good wrestling promos, good wrestling matches. I thought Andrade and Buddy fucking stole the show, um, put on a clinic, and it was great. It was based around selling and storytelling, which is uh what the wrestling business is. Go figure. So uh, I really thoroughly enjoyed Collision. It's the TV wrestling show I've been waiting for for, like, I don't know, 25 years. And uh, it's finally here. I hope week two is more of the same and we don't very quickly go down the Tony Khan ADHD booking rabbit hole. So Uh, uh,
1: Another thing that I did not mention in the the family scenario is my wife also got into a car accident on Friday. So I I missed a very good segue into uh, the show Collision. But... (laughs)
0: You had to take us back in time to do your dad joke. I had
1: to. I had to. I had to make it punny. I. 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 I should have the. The opportunity was there, and you know, I, I had to run it back just to get it done. But hey, no collision was great. And uh, what makes a good collision is momentum, and uh, that show's got momentum. And I really hope they have a nice follow up next week because start to finish, I thought it was a great show. I did like the Andrade and uh, Buddy match. I did like the homage to uh, their significant others. Uh, the finish, and uh, Buddy's little tribute to his to his mommy, if you will. Uh, but, uh, yeah. yeah, fantastic. I thought it was great. Um, I'm looking forward to week two, and I'm looking
0: forward to what's to come at Forbidden Door. Um, well, speaking of coming in Forbidden Doors, uh, Sky Blue had a really nice uh, coming out party at Collision. I thought it was a cool moment wrestling in town. Sorry, I'm going back now. But, uh, I, you know, it was a really cool moment. You could tell she was emotional. Also highlighted by the fact that she was wearing Chicago Cubs, uh, you know, uh, inspired gear. So that was awesome. And uh, her ass broke the Internet, literally. I, You know, there was someone got just the greatest picture from ringside straight of her ass. And it got like 10 million views in like five minutes. So good for Sky Blue. Uh, and she's being a fun sport about it too on her social media, so that's great. Um, but it was, it's just a really nice moment. It made me, you know, it got me in the feels. It made me remember my sister wrestling in her hometown for WBE and you know, the whole family being there and grandpa being there and all that. And so it was a nice little moment there. You know, I had a little big brother uh moment on behalf of you know, sky blue as if I like someone I've never even met, but like, I just like, I felt all the feels in that moment with her. So it's great.
1: It's great. Yes. I've had, I've had many moments like that with Dominic recently. Uh, I've even, I've even admitted that on the show. It's, 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 it's strange how you can just root for a total stranger. Uh, I think that's the beauty of professional wrestling. They trick you into suspending disbelief, no matter how smart you think you are, you know, you're there to watch a story unfold. And sometimes when the story is so good and the accomplishment is so real, you know, you lose yourself in it. And that's what wrestling, that's why wrestling keeps
0: us here. Right. And I think part of it too, is just like when someone like Dominic came in, like to where he was a year ago, where it was like, oh, I don't think this is the the job. You know, I don't think this is the career for him. Like, I mean, really a year ago, we're like, ooh, maybe he should not do this. And now he's like one of the best characters on the TV show. And he's having good matches. Like, I love it. It's fucking awesome. You start rooting for the underdogs. But I also think maybe it also it's a little bit of uh, our maturity where we are in our lives now as opposed to when we were like 20 in the business and you know trying to be wrestlers and we'd watch someone who came in who sucked and we just like rooted for them to die and go away. And now it's like, "Oh, you know this poor kid. I hope they get an opportunity and now you're rooting for them to be successful and you're happy when they succeed. <laughs> good,
1: good God. Don't you wrote me in that toxic thought?
0: You know, <laughs> you know, damn well, die, that's not me. Not, 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 not go in the ground, but their career to die. No. <laughs> like, oh, oh, this guy could go away. I hope his career just dies. Okay, fine. <laughs> not, his, not his human, not his person, not his life. Ends, what did you say human.
1: about Pete Gas? Uh, not one
0: redeeming quality in this person? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it was Pete Gaz, but it's definitely something along those lines. I told a kid that one time. I think.
1: <laughs> what are we talking about? Oh yeah, Forbidden Door is looming, and boy, did that card become Holy fun shit. and yeah, did that card become fun and interesting and probably the best <laughs> version of it that's happened since its uh, infancy. Uh, but I, three, yeah, absolutely, just four banger of matches announced, and I can I would pay the fifty bucks just for those four matches. I'm excited as all hell. What are your thoughts about what's been announced? And uh, are you definitely ordering this pay-per-view call
0: right out of the fucking gate? Is Brian Danielson versus Okada? I've already get, like I've already committed my money. Like I don't give a shit what happens after that. It could be <laughs> like, uh, you
1: had me. I've already come.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like that's it. I, you already have my money. I don't care. You could put um. Toryanu against fucking Danhausen and that could be like the next best match on the card and I would be totally fine with it absolutely cuz I'm getting Daniel Sinokata all you have to do is just let them go 90 minutes and fuck everything else no one cares but then they turned around and gave us Osprey Omega and Tanahashi and MJF like I'm so there I don't care what happens I'm sold I don't care. Anything else is just gravy at this point, And it's honestly just keeping me from seeing those three matches. So, like, what was the fourth match announced? I haven't heard yet.
1: Well, we got Sonata coming over to fight Jungle Boy. So, you know, that match in a bubble okay. could be fun from start to finish. But, you know, hey, it's it's an outing for Jungle Boy. Who knows what the follow ups going to be for the lad. It hasn't been great since. But, you know... Forbidden door for me is just a show in a bubble. There's really no
0: follow through after it. Wait, and that's the thing. I think it, for for all intents and purposes, Tony Khan has pr- has proven that as a booker of a show, if a guy's just like promoting a, a wrestling card, he could do it better than anyone else or as good as anyone on the planet. A card today, one off, a great show. Tony Khan has fucking got you, bro. Like it's going to be amazing it's just the storytelling in this episodic television he hasn't figured out yet. So if he can get that episodic television shit down to actually build up to these fucking pay-per-views, holy shit, we're we're cooking with gas, bro, and then we have the best wrestling promotion in the world.
1: Yeah, if but. he just booked 12 Forbidden Doors a year and just didn't do it te- it <laughs> just didn't do a television show, he would just basically have a monthly PWG with a budget and i think you would right. rack in more money that way.
0: <laughs> right, I can't imagine they're making but Well, I, I take that back Because I know that for a fact they're selling tickets For like two to $300 a piece That's um, well, just across we, the board Yeah But well, I I yeah, know no shit My autumn came to me last week It was like, hey bro, you want to go see Matt Reif? He's coming to Riverside And I'm like, fuck yeah, I love that guy And yeah. I looked at <laughs> the balcony seats are $300 and I went I sent her a picture and circled it and she went gross And she knew that we are not going to that but I'm like, dude, he's booking. Let's just go off on this for a second because I've been griping about it since I saw that shit. Matt Reif is doing like 1600 seat venues a night. So we'll just go 1500 to make the math easy. Average ticket, $300. That dude is making $450,000 per night. Fuck you. Like, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I mean, make that much money. I know for a fact. The venue here in Riverside yeah. costs yeah. less than twenty thousand dollars to book for the night, and so, pro- like after travel and everything, this dude's profiting four hundred k a night. Fuck you! Oh yeah, like- <laughs> it pays to be in <laughs> demand. The Blink one eighty two tickets, bud. <laughs> oh yeah, that was that was a pricey night. Yeah, it's insane. I cannot believe this. Meanwhile, WWE is still selling sixty dollars ringside tickets, which is why they end up with more fans in the stands than AEW is getting these days. But like, they booked six shows in like a three week period in the same like metropolitan area of Canada, and they're wondering why they can't sell tickets except for to the pay per view. Like, it's I don't know, man. It dry. I we have lost our minds collectively as human society. I think.
1: Yeah, everything's overpriced, everything's ostentatious, everything is a chore to get to and a struggle to get to. But hey, uh, speaking of selling out and uh, well on their way to do so, this uh, all-out or all-in show in uh, Wembley is shaping up to be uh, another uh, gigantic Forbidden Door dream card scenario. If Tony Khan is blowing his load with these three matchups at Forbidden Door uh, in Canada, what the hell do you think he's got in store for Wembley now that Punk is back?
0: Well, I really, really, really hope that everyone has put their fucking swords down and are have talked and gotten in a room. They've buried the fucking hatchet. They're all going to be professional adults and we get the big six-man tag that we all fucking want at for, at uh, at Wembley Stadium. We need FTR and fucking CM Punk against the Elite. Like, it needs to happen. I'm not going to hold my breath. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think whatever's going to happen is be less than. I think the fact that Punk was carrying the red bag and uh, insinuating that the world his world championship was inside the bag means that we're getting Punk MJF three or four or five. I don't know how many matches they had now, at least two.
1: I don't know, but I'd like to see it again. But question. If everyone is professional and everyone does put their shenanigans down and does business and you know just loves the idea of drawing a shit ton of money, are you more keen to the six man tag or would you want to see the two matches
0: at Wembley for the first time out? I'd like to see the six man tag.
1: Fair. It would be yeah. it would be like the Wembley Stampede. It ended with a a, right. a six man cluster, and then yeah, kind of and then kind of save the Monument pay per views for like the two matches.
0: Yeah, and then, and then if it, you can build out of the six-man tag to make it a big deal. I'd even get Ace Steel and Cutlet involved just for the shits and giggles of the whole spectacle of the thing. And then, uh, I mean, you could even build that off of that match. You could build to a Blood and Guts or Football Field Fuckery if we're going to uh, make Punk do an, uh, an elite thing you know, or, or both, you know, punk wants blood and guts cause he's a wrestler and those guys want football field fuckery because they're fuck offs. So I think it'd be great.
1: Yeah. The thought of a big portrayal swerve bro moment of the bucks and punk joining forces and betraying Kenny just makes me just quiver with just love and like possibilities are endless. Like this oh would God. be the best thing ever.
0: The skills of the company, like hugging each other and holding hands and like, dude oh that, dude, that would be like pain. seriously business this like, wise and storyline that would be awesome
1: dude like and as someone who has been around these guys a lot i'm well aware who's more straight edge than the young bucks cm punk right. <laughs> like they have so much in common but also kenny and, is too
0: like to, to me here's the thing the only difference between the young bucks and cm punk is that that cm punk says the shit in public out in front of everyone and the young bucks do everything behind closed doors and have their friends and Dave Meltzer, well, their friends, like spread the shit without putting their name on it. Like they're they're they've been difficult everywhere they've gone to too. Like they blew up at TNA. They 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 things were not great at Ring of Honor. Like they've haven't been the easiest guys to work with ever either because they also are going to do what they want to do and not Um, listen to anyone or um, you know negotiate or move an inch the problem that they just publicly they go out there and they're just night they're the nice guys in public and they do all their shit behind closed doors and 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 you know when they talk shit they don't talk shit their friends do it for them whereas punk just goes out on a presser or on a microphone and says it to to somebody's face you know
1: (laughs) boy what good that did
0: um. <laughs> well yeah exactly but I'm just you know uh, if, if they could have all backstage been, everyone involved could have gone straight to the other person and said what the fuck but that's not what happened like and so now it's just rumors going back and forth I, I, I would like to see them all sit down and be adults and just squash it and say well, let's make a bunch of fucking money going forward and then we get all the matches we want and we, you know it's it's hard in 2023 to have believable angles. We know these guys don't like each other. Let's fucking go! <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> yes, already our our disbelief is suspended. We're there. Exactly. I'll so, buy a like, ticket. And
0: yeah. it, it, it just the idea that something might go wrong in these matches, even if these guys all like become best friends and sing kumbaya and shit, and as long as they don't tell us. before they go out there that they've all kissed, hugged and kissed and made up like, yeah, keep talking shit, keep slinging stuff and then go have this match and tear the house down. Like it'd be amazing.
1: You just stomped thumbtacks barefoot. Let punk kick you in the face as hard as he can. We'll believe it and sell it. Like it's a shoot. I'm full of great ideas, Cole.
0: (laughs) Yes. Great ideas, including this one today uh, that we're going to talk about here on the show. Um, unless you have any more questions
1: oh yeah well i could sit here and fantasy book the possibilities of aew with all all with you all day cole but yes let's transition to why we're here today we're going to fantasy book against each other because it is none other than one of our favorite things to do trademark a new
0: thing we've never done before
1: <laughs> oh it's one of our favorite things to do it is the king of the ring draft yes We're going to be discussing royalty, Cole. We're going to be having our next draft. And this is going to be a fun one because it's going to be one of those drafts that we never get to do again because of how tight of a leash it is, similar to our Survivor Series draft. So we put all the kings of the ring on the table as well as anyone who has portrayed the gimmick of king. And uh, we are going to draft eight apiece. And we are going to present our eight-man tournament in show form to our judge and their criteria could be whatever it wants, whatever it wants, whatever they want. I don't know. Pronouns pal. Ooh, that's, (laughs) that's topical. Uh, so, but it could be a best of seven series for them. They can just pick us based on who our Kings are based on who our matches are. It's their criteria. It's going to be a new spin on the draft that I'm excited to share. And plus Cole, if I know if you're thinking what I think you're thinking and you're thinking what I think you, I know you're thinking do the math there. If you're going for who I think you're going for on your first pick, you already guaranteed yourself for the first time ever in a draft, you can possibly book three Bret Hart matches, Cole.
0: (laughs) That is true. I didn't even think about that until this very moment. That is absolutely a thing that could be happening today. Get to book three bret hart matches on a uh fantasy wrestling card i fucking love it and that's
1: already a fuck you and of advantage if i if i must say so this (laughs) this coin flip is critical because i don't know if i can trust anybody else to carry three matches on a seven match card cole
0: well uh once you dig into this list a little bit there's probably about three or four guys that i think could pull it off no problem but uh You know, we both agree Bret Hart is the best there is, best there was, best there ever will be. So, the coin flip, Ronald, heads or tails?
1: Ooh, well, if crowns go on heads, then tails will fail. Heads! It is heads. Oh my gosh.
0: All right, so do you want first pick, or are you going to give me two picks?
1: Well, I was pondering this, Cole. Because I did say the first pick is crucial. Correct. But, do I have the mastermind of a booking brain to outbook three Bret Hart matches? <laughs> <laughs> and I think I'm going to trust my booking brain, so I will opt to go for the two picks.
0: Oh. 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 Uh, A fun side note here, Uh, Bret Hart won two King of the Ring tournaments. Uh, He won in 1991 and 1993. Now, a lot of people think that 1993 is the first King of the Ring tournament. It's not so. Going all the way back to 1985, the WWE was uh, booking uh, basically a yearly big house show, and they would call it the King of the Ring tournament. And so uh, Don Morocco, in fact, is the first king of the ring. But he will not be my first pick because my first pick will be... Fuck it, it's Brett the Hitman Hart. I'm not going to try to outsmart everyone this time. I'm going with my heart today. Brett Hart, the number one pick of this draft.
1: Man, and I'm really tasting my foot right now. I I did not know that you didn't strategize that way beforehand, and I did not know that you discovered it as I said it.
0: You know, it's just... There are bigger stars than Bret Hart to have won this thing, but...
1: Nice for you to finally admit it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh. man, this is news. Anyway, let's go to my second, well, my first round and my two picks. And uh, I forgot, well, how could you forget? But I never really looked at this list thoroughly and just saw the names. And I was like, oh, well, I would love to have this possibly be a match in my tournament so I'm just going to rip it off like a band-aid and my first pick is going to be the man who made his career off this tournament Stone Cold Steve Austin and my next pick boy he'd be a shoo-in if this was a shoot but I'm going the next big thing Brock Lesnar
0: oh see you have a dream match there lined up oh it's definitely possible. They could make it towards each other. And now, I since I said, you know, today I'm just going with my heart and I'm going to book the card that I want to see, I'm going to rip it off like a Band-Aid too. The Macho King, Randy Savage, Randy the Macho King, and King Harley Race. Oh, I definitely, yes. I definitely have the wrestling match card. <laughs> in my favor on this one (laughs)
1: you absolutely do cole and i must admit i had harley race on my first round of picks i wanted him for whatever reason i just love the stories and you know any match that i've gone back and reviewed just because a podcast told me to do so i've enjoyed myself i enjoy harley race's managerial run with vader that's when i broke in as a fan uh yeah solid pick can't wait to see what you do with him he could be going three matches but you said to you said to me just now that your tournament is already the wrestling card tournament, but I'm going to kind of fool you.
0: <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to scare you there. I know where you're going right now and I'm bad. Well, you might
1: you might, but I don't know. I'm just going to take it. But my next two picks are Bret Hart's brother, Owen Hart.
0: Damn it.
1: And a King of the Ring that Personally, I felt didn't get the follow-through it deserved because of injury. William Regal.
0: Ooh, okay. Yes, definitely. Oh. See now I'm mad that I can't have a Regal versus Harley Race match. But uh definitely solid pick. Um, we love Regal. Regal's another one of those guys that could carry off three matches, no problem with storytelling and all of that. But I feel like with Lesnar and Austin involved, uh, Regal's probably not making it to the finals. Um, but the other wrestler, res- wrestler, wrestler that uh I saw, um, as you were getting ready to pick Owen Hart, I assumed you were going Owen and this guy, and then you were absolutely going to be on par with me wrestling ability wise, but you didn't. So I'm snatching up Kurt Angle right now, King Kurt Angle. I've got Angle, Bret Hart, Savage, Harley Race. This is like my favorite, uh. My favorite draft of all time, like wrestling wise, if I could just have this as, you know, a, a wrestling card, just these if I was building a roster and I had these four guys, I'd be the happiest guy ever. And I don't think anyone could beat me, but I'm going to go for a little bit of heat here. Not that Kurt Angle and Harley race can't get heat, but I absolutely loved. I think this is the guy who made the absolute best out of the king of the ring. And it is king Booker!
1: Perfect. Yes, I too agree that the last time the King of the Ring was done perfectly, correctly, and uh, it actually uh, rocket-shipped him to the World Heavyweight Championship. After all those years, Cole, Booker T won championship gold as the top guy after he donned King Booker, and it's only because how much of a commitment he made to the character. So that brings me to my next two, Cole. And, uh, boy, this guy's topical for us, too, because we had a whole show about him last week. But I'm going to take the most dangerous king, Ken Shamrock.
0: Beautiful pick. I was just putting a star next to his name as my next. uh, He would have been one of my next two. So that's a timely choice by you. Well, guaranteed to not be one of your next two.
1: I guarantee he's going to be on one of your uh, scrap lists. And, boy, he's going to be making another draft
0: call. We're going the game, Triple H. Triple H, good pick. I was definitely looking at Triple H um, y- because, like you said, this isn't a very deep pool of people. There's you know, not that many King of the Ring winners, and there really hasn't been a lot of guys that have donned the title of King in the WWE, but I'm going to go and pick one right now. Jerry the King Lawler.
1: Absolutely. A perfect pick
0: oh, this is the best roster ever. (laughs) Yes, and you
1: know, we keep forgetting, Cole. We're just seeing these names as a singular entity. We get to create a tournament out of this. Who do they move on to face? If we want two matches out of these guys, we're going to get two matches out of these guys. You know, the possibilities are endless, and dare I say, we're going to be creating a bracket and a finish to this bracket and a winner multiple times because I'm going to have...
0: Yeah, gonna, yeah. I, this is going to take a while. I
1: think I'm going to go as far as making a, an outcome for each person.
0: <laughs> oh, Well, that brings me to my number seven pick, and this one's a little bit surprising. This might be one that most people are not aware of, but the 1988 King of the Ring winner, the million-dollar man, Ted
1: DiBiase. Yes, on my on my reserve list. For sure, Uh, you know, this brings me to my last two. Yes. And, uh, you know, I might... I, I, I thought you would take this person just because of your fandom. And I have gone on record to say that this person donning this gimmick is just an atrocity and I don't really count it. But for the sake of match quality and match possibilities, how can I not take... Shinsuke Nakamura.
0: Oh, yes.
1: So I am going to eat some crow here. I'm going to bend the knee. huh? Yeah, after I
0: put him over so hard a few weeks ago and you shit all over it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, I'm, I'm looking at it. I kind of need him. I kind of need him. You, you, uh, you have a stout roster Cole and the possibilities are endless. And boy, uh, looking at what I have left to pick, uh, you know, Shit, it could be it could be a toss-up do you have a do you have a four coin uh do you have a four-sided coin I can use i I do not unfortunately you know what Cole I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you the rub here there's four possibilities here you could pick behind door number one two three and four those are your choices whatever you pick sir is the pick I'm going to go with I'm gonna go with
0: door number four
1: door number four this is perfect it's a throwback i will have plans it's a full circle because my last pick is none other than mabel damn it you stole my last pick (laughs) well sir i mean the other three choices i have here you know you you can't go wrong
0: Oh, you are correct, sir. There is no going wrong here in this, but I'm just kind of looking at it right now. I've got three kind of baby faces and four heels for sure. Um, Kurt Angle and Randy Savage, for that matter, could go either way. The only true baby face I have is Bret Hart. So I think I need... I need to add another baby face. And so it's going to come down to either Tito Santana or Edge. And I don't think even I can can downplay Edge that much. So I'm just going to make the final pick of this draft, Edgeward. Edgeward Edgington, the king of the ring. And there we go, just like that, we are done. Ooh. We have eight picks, so now on this now- day, <laughs> I see yeah. clearly that we're going
1: to have a bloodbath next week. Cole,
0: no shit. So, um, I we had kicked around a couple of ideas, and it sounds like in your introduction, you said we we you, we have settled on we are each going to have our own bracket, and then it'll come down to a winner. And then I guess if the judge can't decide, they can pick based on uh, who would win uh, between each of our winners. That'd be great. Yeah, it, it's um, interesting
1: because it's you know we're used to throwing out an eight-match card. And this will be the first time ever that because of the number of matches in each tournament, we're going to have a seven-match card. So even right. if we did the point system, it's finally a best-of-seven series. But we've, right, exactly. we, we've almost never done the point system. We've always had the person... Just pick at the end. But you know, if you want to dwindle it down to a point system, I'm fine with that too. You certainly are a shoe-in to rack up points with your roster. Uh <laughs> but you know Yeah, quite possibly. But yeah, this like, is gonna be fun. It could be a booking game too. Like if I was the judge and like you we had banger shows, but like you went with that fuck is the king? Fuck that. Yeah. Like you we are, are our uh, stance as the victor in this game, could the king can make or break us no matter what card
0: we put on. I find that fascinating. Absolutely. And, th- and that's that's what's so interesting about this. I mean, I you know, that's what's been interesting all along is, like, we have had winners. And we have had cases where you scored more points than me or I scored more points if you just went match by match by match throughout the cards. But when it comes down to it, the last thing out there, the last thing that people see can absolutely sway the opinion one way or the other of the entire card. So, you know, a lot of times you, you come out swinging and uh, you know, you front load your card a little bit and then like, you'll have some weird stuff in the middle and then like the end strong. Whereas like, I usually like just, just my typical, I like to build from start to finish. So like, so a lot of times we run in there where you have a lead and then we catch up, but like, the main event is the big thing, and so yeah, this could come down to simply we chose the wrong winner, yeah. and the, that <clears throat> sways the judge. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for this one. I like that we're doing our first ever bracket draft. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're we're just
1: presenting seven matches that just happen to be a tournament. We're bringing our bracket game to the table, and it's going to be personal brackets. It's the only time we've ever combined two of our. Mm, pillar shows i'm just
0: gonna use pillar it's a topical word in the wrestling business yes but uh yes did you speaking of that did you happen to hear the ricky starks uh interview where he was asked about the pillars of the company
1: yeah i i loved the verbiage but something tells me and that's i don't know it's because i'm older and wiser than he is but you know if he was if he was mentioned as one of the
0: four pillars he wouldn't be having that talk (laughs) <laughs> probably not yeah, yeah i don't yeah. i i think if from the get-go he was mentioned as one of the four pillars of the company yes he would not be shitting on the idea of it but uh um it is nice of someone to say hey maybe you should be the fifth pillar i think that's fair i'm like well i just love the fact that he's like I mean, maybe we should look at how these guys are actually drawing and see if they actually are a pillar of this fucking company. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, and you know, and and <laughs> and my pu- and my pushback to that is, if you're gonna if you're gonna call that out, make sure you're holding up your end of the <laughs> bargain too, because you get right. you getting jumped by gin and juice every week ain't helping matters either.
0: But that's also not his well, fault. Yeah, <laughs> correct, correct, and that's the thing. You know, six months ago, Ricky Starks hit it really big got really over with the fans sold a lot of t-shirts and then he just happened and then he just had to
1: get caught on security camera at the royal rumble with cody
0: and then all of a sudden his push (laughs) stops isn't that weird (laughs) or or he got over and he just had to work with chris jericho for some reason and that stopped his growth and the excitement of the fans
1: (laughs) that's true and now he's getting beat up by gin and juice every week
0: Right, right. Which is fine. I like Juice Robinson. I think Me he's too. got something. I mean, I, I mean, he does. Steal well, we don't from like kids. Juice Robinson. Yeah. yeah, we don't like Juice Robinson. We saw him in person be a total prick to a kid and a lady and as a baby face. Let's prick. be clear. Yeah. yeah. As a baby face. Yes. Yes. As a baby face. And uh, he turned us off for life.
1: Imagine if Bret Hart put his glasses on a child in the 90s and then he would have Bruce go out there and get him back.
0: That's what we saw Yeah he lost four fans that night I don't know about anyone else But that woman was definitely disappointed That kid's world was crushed And both of us were like fuck him forever Yeah (laughs)
1: Oh man, we went off on a burial tangent of Juice Robinson, and uh, we were we were closing the show. We were closing the show yeah. too. we like his work. We like his work. Love that, his work. That
0: was the point we were trying to make. We were like, I like him. Like, no, fuck him. We don't like him.
1: Fantastic <laughs> performer. Horrible to kids.
0: Yeah. yeah, horrible to children and women.
1: <laughs> oh boy. It
0: just, it just, so, like, since we tiptoed around the thing, so basically, what had happened if you guys haven't heard us tell this story before? Juice We went to an in, a New Japan show. Juice Robinson comes out and for the camera put his hat on a woman at ringside who was wearing a juice shirt and she was thrilled. It made her night. And then he went and gave something to a kid too. I don't remember what the kid's object was. But he gave a kid something like a Bret Hart would do with his glasses. And then, his, and he did that for the camera so he could get the baby face heat for giving the fans something and caring. And then he sent the young boys out To go collect the items from those people and take it with, you know, didn't tell them beforehand because this lady and this kid were destroyed. It ruined their entire night. And we were just like, wow, what a piece of shit. Yeah. Like (laughs) if only he was a heel and they got that whole thing on camera,
1: nuclear heat. Yeah, like be the best
0: thing ever. Yes, like but, I'm surprised they don't do that. But ba- uh, trying to get the baby face reaction and make people think you're a good guy, and then being a dick as soon as the camera's not on is like the singular most easy way to get heat of all time. Yeah, like <laughs> let the camera catch it,
1: like totally, like expose yes. him. That would be great writing. Holy shit! On Aww. my 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 next comeback, that's gonna be the gimmick I steal trademark.
0: That's a good idea. Yes. I'll gladly be your uh the guy that goes and gets the gear from Oh
1: there. yes, the retriever.
0: Yes, I'll be your golden retriever.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. We're fantasy booking us now, and we've really gone down a tangent.
0: Yeah, yeah. We definitely went down the rabbit hole there. But uh anyway. <laughs> uh so next week we're gonna put together some brackets. We'll have a guest. Haven't got that quite ironed out just yet, uh. but we're pretty close. <laughs> We're pretty close. We just got to figure out a night that uh, works for all of us, and then if not, go to Plan B.
1: Okay. Well, you iron out the details and make sure you don't strong arm anybody.
0: Oh no! <laughs> oh, it's only gonna be funny if we get the guest. If not, then it's gonna be just us making fun of someone for no reason. <laughs> so, what do you want to talk about, Ron? <laughs> I want to talk about ending <laughs> the show and going and book these tournaments. <laughs> oh. Well- <laughs> Oh! God damn it. <laughs> we almost made it through the show, but the last five minutes, man, it just got me. So, uh, for Ron Kilborn, I, I am your host, Cole Dawson, saying thank you. We love you and good night. Moi! thanks
1: for listening find us on instagram and twitter at creative team pod or just the creative team on facebook follow cole dawson on twitter and instagram at cole 2130 and follow yours truly at ron underscore kilborn we'll see you next week on another episode of the creative team